Welcome, friends, to Club Misery, where we review the eeriest and the queeriest of horror. Hey, guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Audrey Three. I'm here with my co host, Brannick. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Yeah. And, you know, after last time, we had decided to take a little break from the gay vampires for a while. <laughs> and Paul, and, Paul the gay, the gay vampire, because there's going to be a Paul in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But this week, we have picked a movie that Brannock chose called Terror Train. It's a slasher from 1980. 1980. 1980. Oh. 1980. Hot off the trails of the disco fever. And it's about basically a bunch of college kids that go on a party train and get murdered (laughs) one by one it's kind of your typical slasher in a lot of ways but in a lot of ways not and it's not necessarily obviously queer but we're going to dive into that okay we just want to let you know there will be some spoilers on this there will be blood yes (laughs) and And spoilers and gayness queerness hooray so much queerness <laughs> yes but there are going to be spoilers because guess what we're going to get into it we are going to get down to the nitty and the gritty and we're going to find every iota of queerness in this film so to do that we're going to have to spoil the shit out of it but come and join us along for the ride it's going to be a blast we promise or your money back haha <laughs> it's free it's going to be magical <laughs> very hints wink and we're going to tell you why we think it is queer. To me, it's blaringly, like glaringly obvious. That's right. And you were excited about this movie. And why were you so excited about doing this one? I love Terror Train. The first time I saw it, I'm like, this is a fucking classic. People are sleeping on this movie, especially in the queer community. We celebrate our Nightmare on Elm Street 2s and also other ones that I can't think of right now. But this needs to be on it, like top three of queer movies from days of yore when things were just getting started in the horror community and it's just a great movie i love this movie top to bottom love this movie and here i thought you picked it because i you know i have a thing for magicians (laughs) and And a thing for trains you have a thing for trains as well. i do well yes i I do try to get you to watch a lot of movies about trains So this movie, Terror Train, starts off with our main characters, and they're all rushing for a fraternity, and they're freshmen. A big bonfire in the middle of fucking New Year's. Is it New Year's? Yes, it's because it's New Year's Eve. Oh, okay. That's the whole thing with the Terror Train. It's one year exactly later, which is New Year's Eve. No, it's not one year. It's three years later. Whatever. Exactly. Three (laughs) years later. (laughs) I said. <laughs> so they're all at this bonfire and they're rushing and they have a really stupid tradition that the guys have to wear these stupid beanies until they get laid they've got a really nice guy named Kenny there and he's a rush and he like they're they're trying to get Kenny laid basically as uh, Doc puts it Kenny is a quote sensitive fellow yes <laughs> And they're all kind of making fun because they're like, oh, hey, Jamie Lee Curtis's character really likes you. And I don't know what she sees in you, but hey, gang, go for it. Jamie Lee Curtis's character goes up to the frat house upstairs and like Kenny follows her. And she goes in and she kind of hides behind the bed and you see somebody sitting on the bed and you're not sure who it is. And then Kenny comes in and Jamie Lee Curtis is like, why don't you take your clothes off? And she's like, okay. And then and then he does, and then she's like, why don't you kiss me? And kiss he's like, okay. Me. Kiss me. But she's- when he goes to kiss her, well, the girl on the bed, her body just completely falls apart because it's a corpse. Oh, we shouldn't mention all these people are like pre-med. <laughs> They're like a pre-med fraternity. I, I guess there's those things. And during the 70s, you could just go in and get some corpses. I know? guess so. <laughs> They do seem to have an awful lot of like body parts just at their disposal. (laughs) Yes. Like, oh, you need a finger? Great. Which size? (laughs) Size, shape, color? What what do you want? But Kenny is understandably like distressed about this. (laughs) This poor like dead lady falling apart on him. And And they all come as out. They all come out and laugh at him. To laugh at Kenny for uh, kissing a dead woman. 
and uh he turns Except for he, jamie lee curtis she's like she's somewhat upset about this which i don't know like, if they didn't like let her in on what was going on i'm like it seemed pretty obvious but <laughs> no they did and she was very reluctant from the start because she's like i don't think this is very i think this is cruel you know i don't think this is kind and they're like hey, come on come on do it for me babe and she's like okay and uh yeah he turns into a tornado after kissing. he does he spins around and gets caught up in the curtains and <laughs> basically has a panic attack as a tornado <laughs> yeah drama then- fade to black <laughs> And then it's three years later. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And they're graduating from college and going on to med school. And they're having a big party at the end of the year. Surprise, surprise. They weren't expelled. Yeah, yeah. They thrown into jail. They did say at one point, like, oh, we couldn't, like, rush like that anymore. <laughs> because yeah. somebody got hurt. It's like, yeah, you think? <laughs> and it's like a boo thing. Like, oh, man, boo. We got to... We got to play it safe now. Boo. We can't like plunder corpses and <laughs> desecrate their bodies anymore. Man, they don't Boo. let us do anything. Cancel culture. <laughs> but no, they're all getting on this train and they're all there except for Kenny. Kenny's obviously not in the frat anymore. <laughs> yeah. And we have these new old dudes who are going to run the train. And I love all of these old dudes. I do. The conductors. I love all the conductors on this train. They are, they're just such nice guys. They, they suit, they are honestly super are like i don't know if it was the actors or the direction that they're given but it it does come off as very being very genuinely just nice guys they're maggie the admin of the the train company has i don't know what kind of a disability she is in a wheelchair uh, and he dances with her and they're laughing and they're having fun it's just so all of these people that run this this party train are like the nicest people in the world they really are and you know basically all the scenes with them are just kind of setting up plot it's like oh we don't have a radio on the train i've been saying forever we should have a radio but you know it doesn't matter because like they really are they're nice and they're fun to watch together <laughs> because of that they aren't like you know biting each other's head off <laughs> yeah they're not dicks in fact they even have fun with the kids you know they're like huh i remember when i was that young or like one of the kids is like hey you want to join and then he opens up the thing and there's a finger in there and he's like oh you kids i think that was the bus driver (laughs) they like offered him a joint and yeah like (laughs) it was like a cigarette case and they had their finger in there because doc oh my god doc's such an ass we have to talk about doc so hard but Uh, we will do this later (laughs) okay okay we'll talk about that doc plays jokes on people and like he was the one that sort of set up poor kinney's horrible horrible traumatizing event (laughs) at the beginning of the movie (laughs) doc is very interesting just as his relationship with mo is who is jamie lee curtis's boyfriend right and jamie lee curtis's character's name is uh alana Mm -hmm. and he's she's a generally nice person she is and she's pretty pissed off at doc she hasn't trust him at all since like three years ago at that very first party and i don't blame her no (laughs) honestly in fact when she finds out that the whole party train was doc's idea she gets pretty pissed off yeah because like her boyfriend mo told her it was his idea and she was like no (laughs) no it was it was doc's idea and i'm not down with anything this talks idea no but also another thing with this terror well not terror train yet with this party train everybody is dressed up as a different character oh that's right it's a costume party. it's a costume party so what would you dress up as what would i dress up as oh i don't know um you would be a dinosaur so i couldn't do that i'm already a dinosaur i would dress up as an old sea captain from like maybe like a scarecrow or something something plant related possibly just just corn <laughs> just corn. a big yes, corn <laughs> just piece of corn <laughs> beautiful yeah so everybody's dressed up differently so somebody is dressed up as groucho marx the comedian of the group ed, ed. ed yes and you know he's he's goofing and he's paling around and of course it's time to get on the train everybody on the train oh and we should say at this point some somebody hired a magician and that magician is david copperfield and he's coming oh. on the train with them we will talk about David yes. Copperfield. No, actually David Copperfield. Not yeah. like David Copperfield. Look like actual David Copperfield. Actual Faye David Copperfield. Yes, he's so life. young. And you got to remember what a heartthrob David Copperfield was in the 80s. If you weren't there, you, oh, with his <laughs> you don't understand. The lousy like, shirts. 
with these blousey <laughs> points on his shirt and then he's got a fucking switchblade in a scene it's so good <laughs> yes it is so good <laughs> oh, but we'll get there we'll get there everyone on the train platform and he's joking around and he gets a sword stabbed through him and he's like haha that's a great joke Ed. What a great gag. Yeah. Joker. But then he he falls down because he's actually been stabbed. And (laughs) see, this is actually really a clever death. I mean, not super clever, but I found it was really compelling when he falls down on the train tracks. Yeah. So as his friends are leaving to have the night of their lives, it crushes his skull. Oh, I don't think it was crushes his skull. It crushes his hand. He no, like kind of fell under the train and it he ran. He fell the under the train, and I believe I think he was dead before it did that. But still, uh, maybe in the last throws, I think he was conscious. It was a terrible death, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it was pretty bad. By the way, there's spoilers in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we can talk about like the queerness of this movie without giving away spoilers about like who gets everything and yeah and who the killer is everything so So, (laughs) yes so he dies everybody's on the train but surprisingly somebody is still dressed up as groucho Marx. yes Hmm. and here's the thing i love about this killer they start changing costumes every time they kill somebody they change into their costume and that is the most brilliant thing ever that needs to be done more because that was such a clever clever way of for one you don't know where like you you usually as the viewer know where he is at but the other characters don't know and it is such a guessing game of where is this killer where is he not where exactly because you know if it was michael myers everybody just be like hey there's michael myers over there you know (laughs) or like (laughs) jason it's like oh that guy that's it oh see the guy with the burned face (laughs) (laughs) yeah watch out for that dude exactly But because he has all these masks, people think that, oh, he's this person because he's wearing this and they react accordingly. Everybody gets on the train except for Ed, who's dead. Dead Ed. And then there's a lot of like interpersonal drama going on, especially between like Alana and Doc and Mo and pets. And pets. (laughs) Oh, pets. (laughs) And Mary, who's Cleopatra, and Jackson. There's a lot of people in this movie. There is, Uh, but oddly enough, you you can you know who aren't. Everybody dressed so differently, like, and they act differently too, and like they're characters that you can actually tell apart which is nice so nice like they look differently like and I I have to say too Alana she is not the typical girl she is much more tomboyish and wears a very blousey pirate costume but again it's kind of like uh, more genderly fluid in a way you know she is not not wearing the cleopatra costume she's not wearing whatever the fuck pet is wearing i have no idea what pet's wearing <laughs> it was hand up her black it was pants it was like the, but there like, was like a hand on her boob well that was like a fake hand yes yeah. i don't understand what she's trying to go for i don't know Anyway, so yes, there's a lot of interpersonal drama. Mitchie is her best friend. She's like, I can't believe we're going to be graduating. She's like, yeah, but we're going to be friends forever. And actually, I thought their relationship was very sweet. It was, because Mitch was like, you're my only like girlfriend. And Alana was like, well, you're my own, my best friend. And <laughs> it was believable. It's like, you know, some people that had been college roommates for like three years. Mitchie didn't want Alana to leave her with Pet, I remember, because Alana was, like, going away for the summer to, like, work or whatever. Yeah, and Pet is, she's, she's, she's problematic. She is problematic. But this is also the point where Doc goes to Mo, and Mo and Alana are engaged. And at one point, Alana leaves, and Doc's like, you know, if she jumps, you, you've always got me, you know. And okay. then he like gets real serious and he's like, I mean it. Yes. And at that point, we're like, okay. I okay, so here's my queer spiracy theory. Because <laughs> again, with these movies and this genre in this time of our culture, we cannot fully express queer. It's just it's not done in movies. So there's a lot of coded messaging that goes into these movies. And again, like 
I felt a blip, a real big blip between these two, because there is a lot of, you know, talking about marriage, but then Doc looks straight to Mo. There is a lot of, you know, if she leaves, you have me. I mean it. And there's a lot of furtive looks between them throughout this whole movie. Very much so. Very much so. Very much so. So it feels like they're either very attracted to each other or in a relationship that maybe cannot be, you know, Mo's like, hey, I'm moving on with Alana, who's kind of gender fluid anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there is a lot of things where Doc really tries to fuck up his relationship, Alana and Mo's relationship. So it's kind of like, you belong to me. And when shit goes down later on, which we will talk about, Doc loses his fucking mind. He does, yeah. I kept expecting, like, okay, he's trying to break up Alana and Mo so he can get with Alana, but that no. never happened. He never showed any interest in Alana. He does not give a fuck about Alana. He no, wants to hurt he her. Doesn't. Like, uh, Doc's actually going out with Mitchie, but honestly, their relationship, I think somebody said, like, you you and uh, Doc have an understanding, <laughs> but, you know, Mo and I are, like, exclusive. <laughs> Because I guess I don't know if they were swingers or... (laughs) Honestly, it felt like Doc was with Mitchie because Mo was with Elena, you know? I think. Yes, because... I I think he was pretty upset. Well, we'll get to to things later. Because Mitchie was best friends with Elena and he was best friends with Mo. He went with the girl so they could do like double dates and things like that to where he could still have that relationship with Mo. Doc is obsessed with Mo, is my queer conspiracy. Yeah, that's not even a conspiracy. That was pretty just obvious. <laughs> they, you know, and Mo being, you know, a kind of nice dude is like, I don't think I can handle you, buddy. Because Doc's kind of a dick. He's always a dick. He's That's just his character. He's a dick. But he's like, yes, I think he's like obsessed with, with Mo. Which I don't know why. He's dressed as a parrot. And I don't get it. <laughs> Not a very good one either. Not even a good parrot. <laughs> no. I forgot what Doc was dressed up with. Oh, a monk. A monk. A monk. Yeah, <laughs> a monk. Oh my gosh. There's so many things that I could oh, just dig my teeth into. I think I'll have to do my second magnum opus on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> to what their characters meant. <laughs> to what anyway anyway you think their costumes had yes yes you you do yes that's interesting 100% I do so what did Moe's parrot costume mean well that he was parroting what should be is considered a norm Alana I love you Alana marry me Alana you know he is just a reflection on what is the norm and pet's costume (laughs) who the fuck knows I'm still figuring out what it means Oh, anyway, moving on. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> moving on. Poor Jackson, who's dressed as a lizard. We won't question, we won't question that too much. He gets like pushed into like uh, the bathroom by the killer and he gets killed. He's by the, mirror. He's the one black guy, but he wasn't the first to die. He's technically the second to die, but still you're yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we don't yeah. really know too much about Jackson anyway. Yeah. Kind of like in the background. Basically. But he gets killed. And so he's in this bathroom for quite a while. (laughs) Well, everybody's like out watching David Copperfield do magic, which we should say this movie, like, it sort of like takes time just to watch David Copperfield do magic. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. This, they went all out. They have a live fucking band. Yeah. In one of the trains. (laughs) They have David Copperfield. And by the way, an awesome party. I would go on this train. Ray party. There's booze, there's dancing, there's magic. Beautiful. And like very understanding conductors. Also, the yeah, Alana and Mitchie are like, eh, fuck these dudes, let's go dance. Um, and I thought that was kind of a cute scene too, because it's like, you know, but yes, the best I would say, like everybody in the frat, except for Doc, actually seems like a pretty nice guy. Yeah. Like most pretty nice guy. Like uh there was one guy, he was dressed as a president. He, he was called a mayor. Oh yeah, that's right. President <laughs> yeah he was actually very nice and he was he really cared about elena and not in a like oh i want to fuck you kind of way like well he did proposition her a little bit but not like he wasn't real strong about it no (laughs) because doc and mo actually sort of hook up with uh pet 
and uh, the other girl, the one dressed as Cleopatra. Oh, uh, uh, Mary. Yeah, Mary. They kind of like take them back to their compartment. Yeah, and that was kind of a weird thing too, because Mo is like, and that's where I think Mo again is just parroting what he thinks he should say because his, you know, Elena gets kind of pissed off and is like, fine, Mitchie, let's go fucking dance. Like, let's forget these losers. And they're like, Doc's like, hey, let's, uh, let's fuck these chicks, huh? Together, together, <laughs> together yeah. in the same room. So we could have eye contact, but we're fucking them, you know? Uh, but yeah, that doesn't go go well yes that's when that's when magic strikes with david copperfield's magic (laughs) and it is not just magic people it is disco magic it was it was the 80s i mean it was the 80s it was 1980 again on the the coattails of disco (laughs) and um it's funny because everybody is entranced with his magic even the conductor who said and i quote my that was pretty (laughs) <laughs> well, the conductor is—he's sort of like an amateur magician. He's like doing card tricks for him and stuff. Well, and his card he, trick was a joke. His card trick was, was a joke, but yeah. it was a very cute joke because he it says, was. "You know, like pick a card." Oh, I forget, forget the joke. It was a cute joke, though. It's basically like, pick a card, and she's like Ace of Hearts, and he's like, "Well, here, it's it is not the Ace of Hearts, and it's turned into the Ace of Jacks." Yes, yes. <laughs> Like, well, it turned into the, you know, it was like, obviously a, a, an old man. I was going to be so mad if he died. Because I love that dude. <laughs> yes. Yes. And honestly, I mean, like, he was one of the best characters. Uh, ben Johnson as Carney, the train conductor. Uh, ben Johnson did a fantastic job with him because he was so adorable and lovable without being the condescending older asshole that's like the appeal to authority or whatever. No, yeah, he cared about he's the putting kid. up with so much because he's so the one that much. finds Jackson dead in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and he freaks out. He like yeah. freaks out. He goes in the back and he's like, I need a cup of coffee because something happened. I don't know what. Like he absorbs that and exactly but then he like goes to get another conductor guy to like look at the body and then when they come back oh there's no blood and the killer is hiding in a, the lizard man suit in the lizard man suit in jackson's lizard man suit yes so. and so he's like oh i'm so drunk and so they get him up and get him out of there and the conductor's like i swear he was dead he's like i i, I feel like i'm not playing tricks yes <laughs> and but meanwhile, yeah. while all this was going on, we should say Doc sends Alana back to catch Mo with Pet. Yes, because he wants to break them up. Yeah, because he does. He wants to break them up. <laughs> and Pet is like all over Mo. And then Alana comes and, you know, Mo. And he's like, fuck Doc. Because he knows that Doc Center, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck that guy. We should say Mo doesn't actually try to have sex with her. He's trying to get her to put, like, her clothes back on. Like, Pet's just trying to get, you know, going with him. And but he's still, trying to get her clothes why, back on. Why did he even go back there in the first Because it was Doc's idea, you know. And he will do everything that Doc would They're <laughs> obsessed with each other. <laughs> they are obsessed. But again, this is 1980. You can't just. exactly. So meanwhile, Mitchie runs into Killer dressed as Lizard Man. And she's like, oh, hey, Jackson, we never got to know each other better. So they get let's in fuck. one of those like, little sleeper cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, hey, let's fuck. And then. Even though he's with Mary dressed as Cleopatra. Uh-huh. But she doesn't know that he's the killer. And I don't know how, like, the killer is, like, sort of feeling her up with Jackson's dead hand yeah that was hand (laughs) i'm like how would you not notice (laughs) yeah she's like "Ooh, you know what they say cold hands warm heart um but it was a dead hand it was a dead hand and uh then he kills her pretty brutally yeah he like he slashes her he slashes her throat yep yeah the conductor finds that too (laughs) poor conductor poor conductor (laughs) having the worst night ever Uh. Our Lord and Savior, Ben Johnson, is Carney. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes back and gets a lie. He's like, I'm going to need you to sit down. I got to tell you something. <laughs> there is somebody dead back there. And Alana's like, no. <laughs> so she insists on going and looking at Mitchie's dead body. Poor Mitchie. <laughs> but poor Alana, too. And like, again, Alana's very much in, in shock 
you know like she is, no yeah, she no. is really upset about this which you know it's her best friend so yeah and so, the the thing is is because they call ahead they're like well we have to stop the car we have to go back because it's not like one of those scenarios where they're like yeah fuck it we're fine you know <laughs> they actually try to legitimately do things but the people on the other end are like dude even if you stopped and went back it's going to take you longer to track backwards Mm-hmm. Then to just go to the next town. They really actually do like hit their points with why they don't stop. The, well, they do stop actually. They do at stop point. it at one point, but at yeah, this they, point they they're stop like, the train and they like put everybody off the train and check the train. But I'm like, if you do that, the killer's just going to get off the train. Yeah, which <laughs> I don't think the killer would be hiding on the train. But <laughs> well, and I think maybe that was part of it too but i think at that point he just wanted the safety of everybody because that was when people started dying off one by one and he's like we have to crowd control this everybody off yeah we'll put everybody back on in one car or whatever so yeah and when everybody's off that's when alana starts understanding but we didn't we missed a vital and key point of before they get off the train which is there, there's another magic show, of course. The magician and his beautiful assistant makes her levitate and lulala and mm-hmm. makes her disappear. Then he does more magic. Oh, it's so fascinating. You know, somewhere in there, I forget. David Copperfield does a lot of fucking magic in this. There's like, <laughs> loved three. it. I loved it. I loved every scene. I did. <laughs> he also flirts with Alana, which I, I didn't mind that either. <laughs> I know. Um. <laughs> There's I'm a, like I was totally with Alana on this one. I'm like, yes, let me. Yes, yes he's a lot better than Mo, magician <laughs> over doctor. Anytime. There was a point where he had a switchblade and did like magic with the switchblade. It was great. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this was not this time. There were you know big fancy stuff going on. Oh, everything. We should say, every time like David Copperfield's doing magic, Mo's in the like in the crowd heckling him. Because he's like, I don't like magic. I only like jokes. <laughs> Doc's such an asshole. I'm Doc like, who doesn't is- freaking like David Copperfield? Yeah. <laughs> Doc is an asshole, period, anyway. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's just his character. That's And honestly, I kind of liked uh, that um, Hart Bachner is the one who played him. It, you know, it was a great representation because you're not supposed to like him. You know he's not the killer. Like, that's a great character. It's just interesting character. He's a, yeah, this you know, isn't really a movie where you don't know who the killer is. I'm like, well, there is I, a twist. There is, there a, is twist. a twist, but you know who it is, but not where exactly. or how or why. Yeah. Well, you know why. You know why. You know why. Yeah. Yeah, it's Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> it's Kenny. <laughs> Yeah, oh, they figure that one out pretty easily. The, the guy that was in the beginning that was traumatized, guess what? It's him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So if you're watching this magic show, like Doc, he's heckling him. And, and Doc's, yeah, giving him shit, like, oh, yeah. you suck, fake, whatever. And then Mo's sitting there with him because it's really close together. <laughs> They're very close together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is when Alana is mad at him and whatever, whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's when somehow secretly in this crowd of people, Mo gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. It and doesn't make a word. I think he gets stabbed in the neck, and I think that's why he didn't right he didn't scream or anything. He gets stabbed in the neck. Mm-hmm. And Alana, who just found out that her best friend died, is now finding out that her boyfriend slash fiance and this is actually a very poignant scene between alana and doc and mo because mo is dying and doc for all of his medical knowledge and practice and everything that he has led up to this moment can do nothing to save his friend and he is just broken about this. he is distraught he is and as much as alana is distraught he is doubly distraught. Yeah, because like Alana's sort of holding Mo's head and he's just like crying on Mo's chest at the same time. He is. has lost it. And that's the point where I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's gay. <laughs> See, I was at the point where you don't need her, you have me. That was my <laughs> point when I'm like, they're fucking. <laughs> um, but yes, at this, both of them are completely have lost the person that they love. That's when everybody's off the train. Get off the train. Everybody off the train. We have to figure out where this person is. The conductor and his friends are going 
one by one, you know, into trying to find out, flush out this killer. Meanwhile, everybody's outside freezing their asses off. And that's when Alana- Never David Copperfield, because he's smart. Yeah. <laughs> he's, still <on> the <laughs> he's still on the train. He's like, I'm not fucking going. <laughs> I'm David Copperfield. I'll just disappear. <laughs> yes, this is when Alana and Doc are outside, both distraught for losing. And, and you know, he was sad about Mitchie too. Not as sad about, as he was about Mo. Uh, but they have lost Mitchie, they have lost Mo, they're both grieving, and that's when she understands, oh my god, this is Kenny. Yeah. Kenny is behind this. And, and for someone some reason, somebody brought a yearbook? Uh, to sign, <laughs> I guess. I guess. Like I an elementary know. school. <laughs> but they look at this yearbook and they're like, oh wait, Kenny used to be into magic. That's right, because he was in like a yearbook from like three years ago, which somebody brought for some reason. <laughs> Again, do colleges have your books? They do, like sororities and fraternities do. Okay, all right. Yeah. That me- I've never. I'm just a simple dinosaur. <laughs> I've never been in part of a fraternity. All right, but yes, so, that's when they figure out. Oh, it must be the magician. The magician it whose name is can is conveniently Ken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the magician <laughs> now never mind that like ken doesn't really look anything like kenny from the beginning of the movie i mean maybe vaguely just a little bit he's got dark hair the end yeah <laughs> dark hair the end i'm sorry but kenny was no david copperfield but no. you know maybe he got plastic surgery in the last three years so <laughs> but also too she probably isn't really thinking straight you know it's been a while since she's seen kenny you know uh-huh. who knows so obviously he, it's something to do with the magician so but she- alana at this point also does say like hey i went to visit kenny in the hospital after all like what happened with him and you know they said you know this has happened before he killed somebody <laughs> accidentally accidentally okay <laughs> accidentally accidentally but that's when they're like oh yes he must be the killer and doc has a very different reaction from hers because hers is like we have to find the magician we have to tell the conductor we have to you know a b c d and he's like no we have to barricade ourselves and wait for him fight him yeah doc's pretty convinced they're gonna die (laughs) yes he's he is fucking unhinged right now he really is he has lost it and this is where the final girl kind of feeling kind of comes in because she's like okay a b c yes i lost the love of my life but guess what i want to survive like i don't know what i'm doing so they go back go to the conductor and she tells him hey it's the magician so we need to get everybody out of like the magicians the train car they need to get them all out of the train car because there's a few people just hanging around and so they go and the magician's assistant there and she's like oh yeah ken's in the back so go on back there with him they go back there yeah they go back there no ken no, no can't. No can't. No can. He's disappeared. So like, fuck, he, he must have left. And this is where like a lot of people that don't necessarily have anything to do with what happened start dying. Like the poor black conductor is killed. Yeah, the conductor people start getting killed. Yeah, I mean, Doc gets killed, but that was kind of an obvious. Well, well, we're, yeah. uh, 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 well, okay, okay. Are we going too fast? <laughs> we're going too fast. So, all right. So they get back on the train. Doc is like, we have to hide in this this room. Gonna lock you in. She's like, I don't like that. Uh, we need to figure this out. So he locks himself in. So that's when, you know, he's like, oh, gets a moment to breathe, then realizes, oh, there might be somebody in this car. I should probably double check. And, and this uh, is the biggest train car ever, man. This is the like a- biggest. This is like <laughs> a captain's car. <laughs> Lots of places to hide. <laughs> so many lockers. So many lockers. Yeah. So he he goes, he's He's looking around. He thinks, oh, I see something over here. It's not something over there. And um, that's when a, f- a hand grabs him from underneath this bed. I think it was like a couch. Yeah, I think it was bed. And um, he, he dies. Yes, he dies. And he, he, he gets decapitated, you guys. His head comes off. Anyway. Quite a few people are killed by swords in this one, actually. Yeah. They used to be the, like, killing method of choice. Except for Jackson, who just got, like, his head bashed into a mirror. Well, I think a small knife probably did in Mo and uh, Mitchie. Because the killer goes to where he thinks Alana is, I thought. And she uh-huh. has the bed made up. Like, she's in there, but she's not in there. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought that was clever because you think, oh, he's going to, you know, maybe do something. But instead, yeah. Um, Although uh, 
this is also where Alana wouldn't make my final girl list because if she had just stayed in a train compartment with people, but she kept running off on her own. Well, and he kept killing people one by one because the other train conductor was supposed to watch her as she slept, but he killed him. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But so, he just would have stayed in the compartment with a lot of people. Like, they're like 30 minutes away from the station at this point. Yeah, they're very close. I'm like, I'm not going to sleep then. Um, the, the actual guy who's driving the train has been killed. The guy that wanted to become a, a train conductor like there's actually a, a huge scene about the conductor is talking about the future of trains and i enjoyed that actually because <laughs> they're like it's a dying thing and this guy's like no man it's the future like you know he's right if he had moved to japan so yeah that's true yeah uh but he died everybody's done yeah <laughs> ben johnson thank god so yes this is when oh they get into this really good fight scene i have no idea where this car is i think it's the break room or something but yeah, it's like like the car after the engine i think but it is a literal throwdown he beats the crap out of her she beats the crap out of him there's a lot of beating again he's still in costume costume yeah. so i mean you know it is but you kind of don't you know so they're beating the crap out of each other. She goes into this locked and chained kind of enclosure. Mm-hmm. Like a little and office kind of thing. Yeah, but it's it's completely with like fenced. It's completely fenced in. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a really clever scene too. Really great. They have these hanging lights and one by one, Kenny smashes them out. So all you can see is her in the middle of this darkness and he tries to stab at her. And I thought that was a really interesting scene. Um, eventually she's able to get out of that. You think he's dead at that moment. Drives a nail him. into his like face. Into his face. Yeah. Yes. Like a letter, like one of those things that you put notes on. It's just a big Oh nail. yeah, 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 yeah. They don't have them nowadays, but yeah, it's probably, be- <laughs> probably because of that reason. <laughs> Because it goes right into his face real good. And he uh-huh. falls off the train. We think, oh, phew, we can take a breather. Yeah, they, they're like, oh, okay, we're just a few minutes away from the station. And, okay, everything's good now. But, but no. No, no. I forgot how she gets to him. But it was such a great scene. Well, so, he's hanging outside her window. Because he never, he fell off the train. Yeah, but there's the scene with the table. How did we get to the scene with the table? Well, he climbs in the window, I think it was. And then. Anyway, he's doesn't matter. Her. Yeah, anyway. Chasing, chasing, chasing. <laughs> Okay, she finally won't stay in a room with people. (laughs) She won't stay in a room. She doesn't like it. I get it. Honestly, I get it. I'd rather be stuck with a killer than to be in a room with somebody else. So she goes to the conductor and he's sitting at a table. She sits down and she's like, oh my God, he's still around. He's still alive. Conductor grabs her arms and lifts his head. And of course it's Kenny with a mask, but it's like this see-through mask. And then he takes it off. Yeah. It's just a clear see-through mask, but he was wearing the conductor's hat. So she thought it was the conductor. Right. Right. Not though. But he, he but then you her. find out Kenny was mm. not the magician. Nope. Nope. No, no. Or David Copperfield didn't make it. He's back there in the back dead. Yeah. <laughs> in he, like the sword box, you know. And this is when. Put in. But yes. And this is when he is discovered by the conductor. Like, oh shit. We got the wrong guy. <laughs> no. Kenny was actually, actually the magician's assistant. The beautiful assistant who yes. disappeared. Yes, Kenny was cross-dressing the entire time. Yes, and he grabs her and they have this this kind of battle. Very intense conversation. So intense. Oh, yeah. And it's I just a great one because the acting in this scene is just so good. So good. Derek McKinnon. It doesn't seem like he was in a lot of films. I have no idea why. Because this scene alone is so palpable and so raw. I could watch the scene play out for a million years. Honestly, and that's what kind of elevates this like movie, I think, from a lot of other things where the killer is just kind of, you know, mindless killer. No, like he's real connection we get between like Kenny and Alana. And, you know, if there's one complaint I have about the movie, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little to points, but I wish we'd known more about Kenny's backstory. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. I could have had another 20 minutes just to give us more of who Uh Kenny was. Yeah. (laughs) Because this, and I'll get through it with my notes too. 
Um, but yes, like this scene between the two of them, between him being wronged and seeking vengeance and her seeking redemption and survival. And what does that include? That includes the line of him saying, kiss me, kiss mm-hmm. me, Alana. And what does she do? She does. Mm-hmm. She does. She offers that compassion. In fact, it felt very much like in the Phantom of the Opera, when the Phantom, you know, when Christine kisses the Phantom and the Phantom in that moment of her compassion decides, I'm done. And in that moment, that's when Kenny looks upon his bloodstained hands and realizes what he has done and then turns into a drama tornado again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then he kind of falls to his death. Well, Ben Johnson, because Alana's just looking at him horrified. Ben Johnson comes in, gives him a couple whaps, and he falls off the train into some snow. And I'll talk about that in my points. This time he falls into like an icy river, so he's probably dead. (laughs) Yes. He, as the train speeds away. Yeah. (laughs) Train speed away, and that is the end of our movie. Ben Johnson survives. (laughs) Party! <laughs> I know I was so happy about that you have no idea I was so worried the entire movie <laughs> it was too because he seems like everyone's grandpa and you're like no I know <laughs> like you know these drunken college kids who cares but Ben Johnson man nobody touch him <laughs> no he is our saint in fact when I I did because I did a review on this on Haunted MTL and I did do a stick figure um of Ben Johnson and I have him in holy light because (laughs) he is a saint but yes and then the movie the the movie is ended and she is she is safe but boy what a ride i know what a ride what a thrill uh so you have some points i imagine i do i do you know as much as there was like some underlying queerness to this movie at the same time you've got that problematic angle where you know the killer is somebody who's cross-dressing you know so it's that trope you know from psycho and silence of the lambs and a lot of giallo movies you know i think we said so many giallo movies movies. yeah (laughs) so many giallo movies so it it's a trope but it's interesting they got an actual drag performer to Mm -hmm. to do it this time and i'm i'm gonna say this Derek mckinnon looked fucking amazing yeah yeah you wouldn't you know if you didn't notice like if you didn't know like what was going on you would never have known no no she was gorgeous as Mm -hmm. the magician's assistant and honestly played it off so well too to where it didn't even like register because she was played as just kind of like this oh did you hear about you know like it, it wasn't nothing was brought to the forefront there was never like a lingering moment of her and her eyes glazing in anger and nothing like that no real hints about no absolutely not unless it was the underwear (laughs) you mentioned the underwear at the very beginning of the movie (laughs) when kitty gets naked shush 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 that's one of my points oh that's one of your points the underwear is one of your points i have i have many many (laughs) queer spiracy points okay i have two pages (laughs) I'll get through them quickly, I promise. Okay, well, have a point then, have a point. Okay, all right. (laughs) Okay, so I want to talk about some of the things that I think were um, leaning towards more queer. Like I said, it's during this time, there's a lot of like, eh, like you got to read between the lines. Uh, One of the first things is I want to talk about the beanie system, which we talked about, which is basically physically marking the young men and culturally marking them by basically their sexuality and sexual experience. In mm-hmm. the very beginning, it, Kenny is reluctant. He does not want to do this. It well, is, I don't know. I wouldn't say that exactly. I would say I that exactly. Kenny was shy, but I'm not sure I'd say he was reluctant. I would say he was reluctant. Okay. This is a thing that he... He didn't really seem that interested to do. It was Doc who was pushing and pushing mm-hmm. and Doc who instructed him to lose his virginity. It was never in his control. It was never in his power. It was like, this is kind of what you're going to do. You want to do this, right? You want to prove you're a man. In fact, like I said, he was called a sensitive fellow and chicks dig sensitive fellows. And it was basically a question to his masculinity. So it's like he was forced to do this so that he could be 
unmarked, as it will, as undesirable or anything that wasn't quote unquote nat- normal. Bless poor Prez, though. <laughs> yeah, I love Prez. They, they, they told Prez, like, okay, you can lose your beanie if you just touch a boob. I did notice he did not have a beanie at the, the party. That's true. Three years later, at some Three. point, he had sex. But how unfair is or at like, least that touched a boob tradition to asexuals? I'm like, you know, there's got to, like, you know. Well, and again, to queers, like, you know, go have sex with this woman that you don't want to have sex with. Exactly. And that's also what I want to, you know, talk about. So when he goes to the room to have sex with her. I do wonder if, like, Doc and Mo, like, you know, lost their virginity to each other. Probably to girls, but maybe in the same room with eye contact. (laughs) A lot of eye contact. Like they were going to do, I, I, I assume. So, okay. So when Kenny goes up to supposedly have sex with Alana, there it's, it's actually set up kind of like a fucking haunted house. There are all these caution lights that are blinking. I think that's just a typical frat house. That well, was the thing you did was you like, was you stole street signs and stuff. Or it spells an internal fear and danger in Kenny <laughs> as a caution. So when he enters the room, you know, Alana, Alana is in bed, but she's not visible. She is hidden. She is obscured. He does not see the female body. Again, it kind of calls into question, like, he's not wanting of this because he doesn't see anything. There's nothing for him to see because obviously it's a dead body. We know that, but he doesn't know that. All we hear is basically get into bed. So it's like, okay, he gets naked because I feel like maybe he is like, this is more acceptable because she is obscured. I don't have to see her. I don't have to confront this. So when he does get undressed, and you kind of mentioned this, so this is where my point is going to go. I swear to God, people. I swear. I swear. I've paused this movie and zoomed in. I don't doubt that. I see us died this shit. And if I'm wrong, costume, costume, costuming, please tell me I'm wrong. But I swear to God that he is wearing women's underwear. He is wearing women's panties. Maybe that was your hint, though. Maybe that was the only hint that they were supposed to give in the movie. Maybe. Who the killer was. I did not see a pocket for the ween to come out. (laughs) I saw flat and I saw curvy. And I believe that, I could be wrong, but I believe that it was women's underwear, which again goes like kind of into your hint. So I, I, I mean, I could, I could keep going. Like I, again, with the prank, you know, his sexuality is questioned and ridiculed by others. And I would Everybody say no matter in. your sexuality, that would be traumatizing. It would be traumatizing. Time. And again, who the fuck does that? Like who gives Doc a does. Doc <laughs> does. Doc does. He's a dick. But anyway, because of this, because of the ridicule, he literally becomes twisted and I thought that was very clever in the writing you like the spinning okay okay I'm just saying you like the literal spinning (laughs) I'm just saying because of the literal spinning he literally becomes twisted he becomes a twisted individual in that moment but you know for the last three years I guess he'd been doing okay had he we don't know we need a backstory apparently a a pretty like good magician's assistant we don't know how long he was doing that and honestly, I give props to this movie, David Copperfield, for having a cross-dressing uh, assistant. I don't I'm think he knew. I'm no, assuming. I don't think so. Oh, I don't oh, think, I think so. he did. Oh, I don't think he did. Because it, it is a common trope to have magicians that sleep with their assistants. So I would assume that he knew. Then that calls into question David Copperfield. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone is queer. is not queer. I mean, uh, no, everyone is queer. <laughs> everyone. Again, queer spiracy theories. <laughs> We're not saying David Copperfield's actually gay. No, 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 In this movie, his character in might have been Ken, Ken the magician. <laughs> I'm not saying he's even gay. I'm just saying that he is maybe more fluid people kinsey scale kinsey scale you know we're not one or the other (laughs) oh my goodness okay so okay before i go into much more of my points because i have a lot of points uh what's another one of your points um i think one of my points was the name of the movie which is terror train Mm. i thought they could have come up with a slightly better name than that they could have like magical murder train or (laughs) i think mitchie called it bad choo choo at one point which i (laughs) I agree. It had to have something to do with magic and trainery. Yeah. Magical trainery. (laughs) Not that, but something in that field. I agree because it's, it's far too 
very standard. That's a very blah yeah. sounding name. It reminds me of that other, oh, Night Train to Terror, which was awful. But again, it's just like one of those things where it's like, this is the blandest, or, or Night Killer, that is, too. And I think that was the part of the times. I think we've, yeah. got, we've gotten better at naming things. Have we? <laughs> the Midnight Meat Train? <laughs> Black Coat's Daughter. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, let's pretend we did. Okay, moving on. What's your next? So now I have Kenny as several different things because this is like something that's really interesting with this movie is that it is never one thing. It is constantly shifting and constantly changing, including our killer. I cannot get enough of Kenny. I fucking love Kenny. Kenny is so so interesting to me and like you said I wanted more I want a backstory I wanted so much more that I will never ever get I'd watch a whole prequel movie just about Kenny oh I would come check out my uh fanfics at fanfiction.net about (laughs) Kenny (laughs) and what he was doing the whole terror train section is all Brannix all (laughs) Brannix it's really good though guys it's really good But I I liked that, you know, we get Kenny as the magician, you know, and he is very much like David Copperfield. He has the ability to deceive and to trick and is the one who is in control. He is controlling it to our eyes, to our perspective. So what we think is one thing is absolutely not. It's a completely different thing. Uh, We have Kenny the killer, you know, much like the magician. He is a shapeshifter. Literally, he changes clothes constantly to shapeshift into their different friends. He, you cannot peg him. He's able to adapt. And again, he's in control. He's methodical in his killings. Then we get Kenny the Conductor in the end tornado, um, which is open to our interpretation, I understand, however. And it might be PTSD from the last time, whatever. But maybe it's more of like an internal examination and self-actualization And in that moment of self-actualization, as he sees the blood, as he realizes what he's done, as he realizes who he is as a person or she or who they think they are as a person, it becomes too painful to comprehend. And that is when they become even more twisted and just not able to grasp that. And that's where they lose control. This whole time they have had control on the train. But this is the moment when they actually have to look upon themselves to see who they are, to see that they cannot be in control anymore. And that is too much for them to handle. I may be out of points. You, you... Okay. <laughs> you so I, I, I can keep going. Yep. Yep. Again, this is going to be my second magnum opus. Okay. So his death, I found incredibly compelling because it, it is interesting because like I said before, with the Phantom of the Opera and Christine's Kiss, rarely in a horror movie and rarely, especially with a horror villain, do they actually self-actualize? There's very rarely a point when they take a break and think, oh my God, and look into that mirror, that man in the mirror, and sees who they really are. And especially rarer by the compassion of another. In that moment, Jamie Lee Curtis becomes, I think, one of the most compelling characters because when he's like, kiss me, you know, after everything she's lost, she still offers herself to him in a kiss, in a gesture. Yeah, she was trying to keep from being killed herself, but... Yes. Yes, but it is a gesture of love. A kiss is a gesture of love and compassion and empathy towards another. And that is what changes him. If she were to spit in his face, he would have killed her. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. But because of that compassion, that forced him to change from the monster to the man again. Or whatever. The man, I say loosely. Um, And in his final moments, you know, as he is flung from the train and he lands into the snow and lands then into the river and is quietly, without another word, without a sound, without anything, he is swept away back and returning into nature. He was rejected of himself as he was twisted. He was rejected from the train of basically the future. He allows himself to quietly slip away almost peacefully in fact and it's funny because a lot of people say that it's a very funny end scene because you know he tornadoes and gets hit and falls into a lake and i mean falls into a river and drips away i found it actually very heartbreaking because that was the very final thing he accepted it at the end you know and then faded away into obscurity 
no one will mourn Kenny probably. Nobody will know who they were. They are going to be a mystery except to Alana who got that one glimpse of the true Kenny in his final moments or her you final know, And you know, the interesting thing was he conf- when he, uh, he was confronting Alana, he said like, I saw you, you liked him. And he was talking about Ken the Magician, which was interesting, <laughs> I mm-hmm. thought. Like he wasn't talking about Mo. No. So it's like, did Kenny want to be the magician or did he want to be the magician's assistant? We're not sure. Or both. Yeah. Or both. You know, Kenny, and that's why Kenny as a character is so compelling and so fascinating is because there are so many different facets to the character. And again, Derek McKinnon fucking nailed this. Absolutely. The fucking wall. And again, props to Jamie Lee Curtis too. I'm not saying, you know, like a tennis match, you have to have two people that bounce well off each other. And they did. Oh yeah. But again, just the hugeness of this role and to kind of a relative like newcomer without much acting experience, it just blows my mind. It's just, that's why I I find this movie so interesting is because, because of his character. So the only other point I have is like, uh, let's talk about the future of trains. (laughs) (laughs) I would love more trains, especially if they had magic shows on them. (laughs) Get on that Amtrak. What the hell? (laughs) Live bands, magicians. Exactly. So yeah, I I love this. I love this movie. I love the characters. I love the actors. Um, I love that Doc's an asshole, but is in love with Mo and Mo's in love with him, but Doc's an asshole and it's 80s, early 80s. We can't really do that. And just all that whole huge mix. And like I said, so it's not going to be like jump out like Baba Duke LGBTQ because we all know how how much he shoves that down your throat. But I feel like Kenny really deserves a place in our hearts as a killer of the LGBTQ community. He really does. He, she, they really do. Mm-hmm. Whatever his orientation, I think, you know, he definitely deserves to be on the list up there with uh, the girl from Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> oh, Angela. Yes, Angela. Yes. And, and if you, if anybody fucking knows me, I love Angela too. Angela is one of my favorites. And um, we need, I love that fluidity. And I understand, yes, it's from the villain. But here's another point too. Like that but somebody, when so many characters, this is why we say, you know, it's maybe okay to have a queer villain if all your other characters are queer too. And they <laughs> and were. This, yeah. In this movie, it's very, you know, and they could be. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like the real villain of this movie is Norms and the sexuality of Norms. <laughs> That's the real villain of this movie. It's the real villain of every movie, isn't it? <laughs> Just, you know, be cool and fluid, you know, things would be okay. So, so what is your wreck for this movie? So, well, not for this movie, but like just wreck in general is I'm going to wreck Isaac Dunbar, D-U-N-B-A-R. He does alternative pop and pop. He's only freaking 17. And this, I don't want to say kid, but he is a kid. This kid is so talented and he has so many wonderful songs. He does, uh, he is part of the LGBTQ community and I highly recommend listening to some of his songs. He just came out with a new album. Album, I believe but yeah but check them out Isaac okay. Dunbar Isaac Dunbar write that one down yeah if okay like my wreck is actually going to be season four of American Horror Story because Neil Patrick Harris who is gay and a magician in real life mm. plays a magician for a couple of episodes in that season and I thought that was fun oh yeah that's good I didn't I forgot which season is that that's season four. That's Freak Show. Oh! It's not my favorite season, but he's in, he guest stars in a couple episodes, so you can just skip to his episodes if you want. Like, and his story, his character isn't queer, but his story has queer characters in it. Fair enough. Yeah. I like whatever he does, so I'm in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll go watch his performance as a magician. Her episodes, like, uh, 11 and 12 or something like that somewhere near the end of the season so how many cthulhus would you give this one i forgot what i gave it last time i'm gonna give it a 4.5 oh that's a good score i'm i'm gonna give it um a four because i think i wish we'd gotten more of kenny's backstory and you can always use more david copperfield i mean there's quite a bit in this movie but i would not object to more 
so much. Honestly, I think you're gonna have to like cut me off because I could keep I could talk about this movie for like another like three hours. Cut me off. I can't handle this. I'm gonna tornado. Seconds go. I'm gonna tornado. I can't do it. Just start oonsing. Oons, 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 oons. We gotta get this out. Alright, Unsus out. I gotta go. Uns, 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 uns. Oh, uns, 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 uns,